Hey, the frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom on the Chronic Rift Network. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back. Thank you. I missed uh, being introduced like I'm important. (laughs) I'm glad that I can make you feel important. Uh, We are back in the saddle. We're back on the bridge for another adventure. I'm I'm so excited. It didn't hit me until honestly like four hours ago. And I was like, oh, my God, what? There's new Star Trek. Wait, hold on. Right. And speaking of time, uh, you're in London currently. And I don't even want to think about what time it is there. (laughs) It's it's late. It's fine. (laughs) It's worth it to feel important, though, right? To be introduced as important. It's more than worth it, and honestly, I I just miss doing random stuff at weird times of night from delivering papers all summer, so I'm having oh, okay. a great time. <laughs> all right. Are you having fun in England uh, when you're not doing cross-Atlantic podcasts, that is? So much fun. It's um, me and these two other um, American study abroad girls have been doing, like, all of the touristy things. We climbed St. Paul's Cathedral. We um, did, like, open house London and went in a bunch of, like, government buildings where they scanned our bags. It's it's been (laughs) wild. It's so much fun. (laughs) Also joining us on the show tonight, she's the co-host of the Just Enough Trope podcast, a non-family friendly look at all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. It's Diane Blumenfeld. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Just Excited enough to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, your podcast, Just Enough Trope, is a podcast that examines the tropes found in genre entertainment. And that's all well and good. But what I want to know is, where do you land on the real main event this weekend? Who's going to come out on top, Venom or Lady Gaga? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, totally Venom. That's that's my That's my vote anyways. Although it could easily turn and be Lady Gaga. I know her fans have been voting for that so what, why? Uh, i guess it remains to be seen <laughs> yes uh gaga is a master of her, her voice and singing and hardy is a master of dialects i guess <laughs> he's a master of voices yes he's a master of something i'm not exactly sure i don't really understand what the hate is between these fan bases if the audience doesn't know i guess lady gaga's fans or fans of a star is born are out there they're they're working it they're trying to make sure that like people go to their movie and not venom and they seem to be at yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum of interest this is this is like if transformers fans were getting mad at god's not dead three uh i think you you hit the head, nail on the head there um <laughs> i don't think that there is much overlap in this venn diagram at all so yeah all right uh, well i wish them both luck and yes uh, I think that t- Gaga should take it in stride. She should have like a Venom themed dress or costume or do something like that. Ooh, that's a good idea. All in black, trash bags. Yes. <laughs> She's probably done that. She's done that already for sure. Probably. Uh, what else is coming up on Just Enough Trope in the future? Uh, well, we actually are going to be talking about uh, Venom. We're going to go see the new film and uh, we're going to be talking about his first appearance in comics in Amazing Spider-Man number 300. Okay. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And we're also Doctor Who is back. Um, oh, yeah. so, yes. So we're going to be talking about the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, and her first full episode. And Ella's going to get it straight from the tap uh, from the BBC in England there. 
I know it's the energy. I'm just feeding off of um, like Doctor Who Twitter because everything's happening in London and I'm here too. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll start a Doctor Who podcast later, I guess. Uh, Diane, Perfect. you watched uh, the first season of Discovery. Uh, we know what Ella thought yes. of it. What did you think of the first season of Discovery? <laughs> I, I really liked it. Um, I'm not a huge fan, I guess, of the Klingon makeover. I mean, it's, <laughs> sure. it's okay. I'm not going to go to, you know, Michael Dorn lengths and go on to say why I don't, I think it's inferior, but yeah. Um, <laughs> But I thought it was really good. I thought there were a lot of twists and turns. I really enjoyed Michael Burnham. Um, I like Tilly a lot, too. So it's pretty exciting that the short track was about her um, because I think she's a fun character. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, speaking of Tilly, uh, we should probably speak about Tilly and uh, get into our format here. Uh, we just watched the first in a series of short films set in the universe of Star Trek Discovery called Short Treks. And we'll be getting one a month until Discovery Season 2 begins in January of next year. Uh, January, uh, as far as when it, Discovery 2 comes out, is all we have. It's likely that we'll probably learn more about Discovery Season 2 and get a firm release date at the Star Trek Discovery panel this weekend at New York City Comic Con. Fingers crossed for that. And I have to take one second here <clears throat> just to do a weak, a weak little kind of I told you so, uh, Ella. Uh, we were here <laughs> eight months ago. Asking ourselves when Discovery would return. And I said, fall of 2008. And you all said that I was crazy. Well, guess what? I am crazy. <laughs> uh, but I'm also kind of right. I mean, we here we are. We're sitting and we're watching Discovery and it's October. It is. I mean, you were right. It's Discovery. It's There's three more coming. That's it's right. basically a series <laughs> at this point. Yes. And we're doing the podcast on it. So it's, it's official. Here we are. I... <laughs> I, I might have been total. Well, we, we all know, or maybe we uh, listeners don't know that there was drama behind the scenes of the production. I think that definitely <laughs> slowed it down. Um, so, I mean, it's good that we're getting these little things to tide us over until uh, January. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited uh, for season two and you guys have seen the teaser, right? Yes. Oh, I don't know if I have. Really? Well, you're going to have to check that out. <laughs> not, not during my airtime. Uh, I also want to extend a personal thanks to the Sony Corporation, whose wonderful hardware and the incessant useless updates they force on their users led to me having to watch this basically on my phone tonight. The PS4 is dead for the time being. Yeah. Oh, no. It's really unfortunate timing. So, going to go take care of that later. But enough of that. Uh, we're here to talk about the first Short Trek film, Runaway. As always, we're setting a course for the spoiler zone, listeners, so be warned. We're glad you decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, be warned, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Runaway is, on board the USS Discovery, and Centilli encounters an unexpected visitor in need of help. However, this unlikely pair may have more in common than meets the eye. It was written by Alex Kurtzman, who needs no introduction, the co-creator of Discovery, writer, executive producer, showrunner, and by Jenny Lumet who is a writer and actress who's probably most famous for writing the 2008 film Rachel Getting Married, and she also worked with Kurtzman on last year's The Mummy. And this episode was directed by Maya Vervillo. Uh, and what were your impressions of Runaway? Diane, what'd you think of the short? Um, well, it was very short. Um, and, uh, I mean, we get to see Tilly in all of her greatness. Um, it... I mean, it definitely circles around her. Uh, she has to be kind of creative and on her feet. 
and dealing with this um, runaway. And um, she, I think she handled it pretty well. And despite her, what her mom has to say about her being in uh, command, I think that, you know, she will make a, a good commander. Um, I feel like the, the runaway uh, Poe um, was uh, not necessarily the most uh, creative way. To, I, I don't know. She um, she's a twin with her planet, which I'm still trying to figure out how that works. <laughs> Scientists will be um, trying to figure that out for years, I think. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but she loves her planet, no, uh, like very, very much, and that's incredibly clear. Yeah. Um, I find it kind of interesting that she's a fugitive and also the future queen, and her coronation is the following day. Yeah. Um, that sounds like was, a show. I'd watch that yeah. show. I know, it, it, which was kind of a twist, finding out that she was uh, royalty. Um, Do you think that cause... you mentioned Tilly and her um, her tra- command uh, school or being on track to be a captain? Do you yeah. think that when they mention that a character really wants to be a captain, we have to sort of see that in some way? Because I know that, like, isn't it like Nog on DS9 was like, I'm going to be a captain someday. And then, of course, when we get that flash forward in The Visitor, you know, we have to see, oh, here comes Captain Nog. Yeah, I do feel like they, at least they feel like they need to show that, that they're taking strides to be in command. I mean, she's just an ensign right now, so um, we need to see her striving for that. And, you know, of course, Michael encourages her um, and is like, you'll be a great captain and that sort of thing. Um, uh, But... Uh, yeah, I think that they have to show that. Um, I, I'm i trying to think of other characters in Star Trek who have wanted to be in command. Um, the only other character I can think of is, like, Worf, who was on the kind of trajectory in Deep Space Nine to be in command. But because of things that he does, he's told that he will never have his own command. Now. Yeah, he messes it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Ella, he did you... his best. He did his best. <laughs> he did it for love. Uh, Ella, what about you? What'd you think? I loved it. I always, it's hard for me to let a short film just like be a short film. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you give yourself 15 minutes, it's like, that's a pretty big handicap. Um, but no, I loved it. And I love Tilly. I love that they like, like the premiere short was Tilly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know, she's sort of the mascot of the show in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. Captain Killy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too, yeah. I, uh, I also was, as I was watching it, was thinking about its construction as a film. And one of the things that I'm excited about with these shorts is the idea that they're short films. You know, Trek, since its inception, has been mm-hmm. an hour-long show. Um, it's been a procedural, you know, if you will. And so how do they attack Star Trek? Oh, of course, the films as well, um, like 90-minute, two-hour films. But how do you attack a Star Trek storytelling situation when you've got a very small amount of time, 10, 15 minutes? And basically, it just seems like they, you know, strip, like, the A story out of an episode. So I could see a, a hypothetical Discovery episode where Tilly is trying to protect... Uh, this strange alien and then we've also got Saru is doing something over here maybe Michael Burnham is dealing with something and we've got like an A, B and C story but we sort of cut all the fat out and just focus on Tilly 
And it was clear that they, it was very important to them to emphasize Tilly's journey through this foil of this other character um, who I'm just going to call Poe because I yeah. can't remember the full name. But I think, yeah, Poe is what we're going with. And the way that they sort of, um, that they sort of reflect each other. And um, I don't know. I was I was thinking about the logistics of her her planet or her situation. Uh, Diane, you mentioned her being you know the the queen or the um, queen elect, uh, however that works. Right. And uh, it just seems like a. So did I get it straight that her brother is the king, but she's going to be the queen? Yeah, but her, her brother, brother is dead. Somehow. Yeah, her brother died. Okay, so her bro- her, like her family died. What yeah. happened? Yeah, what happened to her family? That's I'm kind of worried about that. <laughs> it doesn't seem I'm unclear. worried about that too. <laughs> it seems like it's dangerous on her planet. Yeah, where's where where's what's she going to end up in? What situation is she going back to? It's a little terrifying. I mean, she's I mean, she's a, a fugitive, uh, but they want her back in like one piece. Um, but is she going to get in trouble when she goes back? Is she uh, going to be reprimanded in any way? Is her life in danger? <laughs> These are all questions that I have. Um, yeah, I yeah. feel like there was some big, like, political problems that we were just sort of sidestepping around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for a show that uh, is clearly meant to have an uplifting kind of tone, I like that they didn't get mired in the sort of dark imp- implications. But there are uh, definitely implications to what they're talking about. I mean, they're talking about Poe has invented this method to recrystallize um, dilithium, which I think I think Spock and Scotty invent that in Star Trek IV um, and presumably bring it back to the future. So I don't know, like canon-wise, not to be a canon cop, but it seems mm-hmm. like maybe she doesn't get back <laughs> to where she to her planet. Uh, or she, or nobody ends up. Uh, she doesn't end up uh, passing this technology on because, as far as I know, like that, that doesn't really uh, exist at their at their time in the uh, Star Trek timeline. I also like how close are they to the planet that Tilly's like? Oh yeah, I'll just be, I'll just beam you back down there. It's yeah, no problem. Right. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I, I was also wondering about that. <laughs> Beamed into we got space. these things; they work great. Like. <laughs> freezes to death yeah i think that that was just it's you know it's time for it to be over if it went two or three more minutes um you know saru would walk in and be like "Uh, i was looking at the transporter logs and we dropped off somebody on such and such a planet what was that but for real like tilly's gonna be in so much trouble yeah right i know (laughs) gotta clean up the mess hall too yeah Uh, i don't know how she managed that (laughs) do you think that we'll see poe again god i don't know (laughs) I uh, I would be pleasantly surprised if we yeah. got to see Poe again. Yeah. But I feel like I don't know how much they want these short tracks to factor into or like affect the next season or the series overall. Yeah. Or whether it's more of a like we don't want everyone to hate us like before the first season came out so you can have these. Right, just to like breadcrumbs. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, it's an interesting character and an interesting construction, just the Zahians. And um, I think Poe as a character is is certainly, I think there's the potential there to sort of develop that. So I don't know. I mean, 
this is a universe where you know they've got uh, Linus, the lizard alien guy, and they've they've redone the, um, the of course the Klingons and the Talarians and the Andorians, and so I think they're definitely looking to um, build out their their list of aliens. So I don't know. I think it would be interesting if they looped back there uh, sometime for uh, for another episode, another adventure. I mean, yeah, it'd be fantastic. Let's well, see those dilithium lines. For real. Yeah. I just have, I have like zero expectations or like assumptions at all about the net. Like I have no, absolutely no idea. Like I just don't know wh- what they're going to do or where they're going to go. Well, you got to watch that, that uh, teaser trailer. I do. I do. I've been you- a little distracted. <laughs> Well, of course. Um, have you seen the uh, the new poster for the uh, season two? No. It's this. Um, if you watched it on All Access, you probably caught a glimpse of it as a, like a thumbnail. Okay. But it's this yeah. stylized Starfleet insignia, you know, with the red and black. And mm-hmm. then in the middle of it, there is a figure of much debate. There's this sort of winged or bird looking thing. And like everybody's tearing themselves apart trying to figure out what this is. Like some people think it looks like the the Romulan insignia. Um, there's a lot of competing theories going on. Some people think it's a phoenix. A phoenix for some for some reason. I have sure. no idea why. Because Michael's rising out of the ashes of her past life. <laughs> that must be it. Kid, you've got the job. <laughs> when can you start? Uh, did you guys? This is a only what what 15 minutes or so long um with credits probably 12 minutes or so did you have a favorite moment um i i kind of liked when they were uh really relating to each other and they were sitting on tilly's bed and (laughs) she she was disappearing right and she you know tells her about the um the thing that she made that recrystallizes dilithium crystals and right. everything. Um, I thought that was a, that was a good uh, moment that they, where they were really relating to each other that like they both had come up with things on their own that were, um, you know, a big deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, they really tried to show how their characters um, could relate to each other. Yeah. Um, Poe was played, uh, I believe, by Yadira Guevara Pripp, who I don't know anything about. But like I said, I think it would be cool if we got to see her again. Ella, did you have a favorite moment from the show? I think it has to be when Poe said that they mine dilithium until he realized that she was like unavailable this like conspiracy <laughs> she oh, right. was like oh dilithium okay like i'm fine that's fine everything's normal right <laughs> uh this weird uh orange bleeding alien that likes ice cream suddenly it's like oh oh you're super important okay oh boy oh boy yeah Ooh. <laughs> what do you think it says about her i going into the episode um i was interested to see or i thought it was fascinating that tilly seems real fed up with stuff <laughs> Like, she's not the sort of, I mean, we know what she's been through. She's been through quite a bit. Um, but she's just sort of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And she's really frustrated and just wants her uh, quadruple uh, espresso shot. <laughs> and she kind of, I'm just surprised that she didn't go to Burnham or to go to an authority figure and say, I got this weird alien. I think she's really important. Uh, she kind of just kind of makes her own decision and just says, okay, yeah, we're going to we're gonna get you off the ship. 
Listen, when you're hitting that caffeine withdrawal, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> it's the shortest Indeed. possible option. What yeah, is the be. easiest <laughs> fix? <laughs> I'm wearing the ice cream I was going to eat. We got to get this done. <laughs> going back to the mess hall. My favorite part was when the uh, the food uh, replicators were just uh, going snacks, 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 snacks. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, do you think that the future short treks will follow this basic formula? Because, and let me append that fast. We got pretty much what I expected, at least from this one, is that it was, you know, it was kind of talky and not in a bad way. C- clearly the budget for these is limited and the cast is limited, um, but it was like a setup. There were some, some pretty good effects. And then it was like a character-based kind of discussion that ate up most of the time. Um, do you think that they're all going to follow this basic formula? Ella, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, the next one looks it, like it's going to be more creepy, but I don't know if they're going to use that just like for 45 seconds in the beginning. And then somebody's going to be like, boo. And we're going to like figure out what's going on because like, who is the guy in the next short track? I don't even know. Oh, uh, it's a character called craft. He's a new character yeah. that we haven't seen before, yeah. and that's pretty much all that we know. We know that he is on a ship, and I th- personally, my theory is that uh, this will have that sort of same formula, this next one, because his only companion is, um, they say an AI. I'm assuming it's the ship's computer, but we don't know. It could be an alien AI, and I think that he'll, he'll be talking you know, to this AI the entire time on this deserted ship. Um, and yeah, I think there will probably be some booze. There better be some booze. <laughs> so do you think that Kraft is going to be a character that we see in season two? Or is this just going to be a one-off? I've heard that rumored. And also this guy, um, Aldous Hodge, is the actor that plays him. Is you know He's been on TV for a while. Like he's a, he's a series player type guy. So I don't think they would bring him in if they didn't plan on using him. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to that one. Diane, do you think that it'll be similar to that or crazy aliens in the next uh, one? Um, I don't know. I, I do think it'll be kind of talky because I just I, I guess it's hard for me to imagine um, them doing it another way because it's so short. But um, I don't know. I mean, there could be crazy aliens popping out of it. I, that's definitely a possibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. I, I feel like they're probably going to stick with this short trek formula. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'd like to see, I know that the third one will be uh, focusing on Saru, and I think will be a sort of flashback sort of tale to him on his planet um, before he joined Starfleet. So there'll be more, a bigger cast in that one. Something that I would really like to see, and this would be tough with a small budget and a smaller scope, but I'd like to see them go the other way and cover like a lot of time, like the Harry Mud one, which is the, the last and the fourth one. Um, if that one is us, like seeing what he was up to, like before he gets captured by the Klingons, before we see him, and then maybe we see a scene like while he is, and then we see a scene of him escaping or like fitting his ship inside that whale somehow. Like, how did he do that? <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> seeing like Stella chew him out after she gets him back from dis- uh, discovery, just like these little flashes, like the, um, like a community episode, you know, where they're just doing like quick cutaways. 
Sure. Instead of uh, just having like start the clock, this happens pretty much in real time. Uh, just seeing, telling a story by showing like what we didn't see from episodes of Discovery, and I think Mud would be a good character to to do that with. But who knows? Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know. Get little flashes of Harry Mudness. It'd be uh, yeah. I mean, what? he's kind of a comedic character, anyways. So. Yeah, yeah. And he's directing his own short, so that'd be cool. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I'm glad you like that. I guess I get the job too. Uh, it's time uh, on Discovery. It's the time on Discovery when we check out our threat ganglia to see who's going to get killed off. That's what we usually do, but since these short films are focusing on our main characters, I think they're all reasonably safe. So let's speculate instead on what we think is going to happen in next month's short trek Calypso. Uh, we talked about it a little bit already, but I'd like to see some speculation from you guys about what will happen on that episode. I think we've already decided that it's going to be a little little creepier, a little spookier. Uh, I mean, it definitely looked spooky. Um, or they I want mean, it to look spooky. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's just Maybe gonna be, do- It's a jelly bean party. Oh, surprise. <laughs> the first seconds are dark and the, the next 45, sorry, 14 minutes are like a Wes Anderson movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's all brightly colors, colors and uh, symmetrical uh, shots. And yeah, I think that like it, it seems like this this episode runaway reminded me a lot of um, Predator or at least like the way Poe did. Like she's invisible and she's got glowing blood mm-hmm. and they seem to be like drawing yeah. on that kind of trope. So I wonder if this next one will uh, be like an alien type situation or just like we can a, only hope yeah like he's he's going around <laughs> a ship um he's all alone there's like flashing lights and that sort of thing and he's trying to find out what happened and if it has like a tense uh sort of atmosphere like that's what i want to see he's talking to a robot yeah talk, well i think he's talking to like the computer um maybe shades of that scene in the um uh, what is it? The uh, the pilot. I can't remember the second episode title, but where Burnham has to like talk the ship into letting her out of the. Thing. Yes, that yeah, was that everything. Was, that was yeah. a good scene. And I always like to see because there's there isn't often a lot of like AI and artificial intelligence in Star Trek. I mean, we got Data, but Data's like, wow, this guy's amazing. Like, you can't tell that he's not <laughs> a robot. So we we we've been promised like seeing an AI in the next episode, and I want them to really like play that up. Because an evil AI, that's a good villain. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Space Odyssey 2001. Yeah, right. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Open the shuttle bay doors, Hal. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> uh, Just I, alien uh, crossed with 2001. It's like everyone's dream Star right. Trek episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott and Kubrick together at last. Uh, <laughs> anything that we missed, you guys? Anything that you uh, have not said that you want to say about Runaway? Ooh, I'm a little... This might have been a throwaway line, but I like want to know who Tilly's mom and who her stepsister are. Okay, yeah. See um, more of her Because at the beginning, her mom was like, I was talking to your stepsister. You know oh, she's so smart and perfect and Uh fantastic at these things and I was like who is that who is (laughs) like I don't even I was trying to figure out like we don't even know how old Tilly is right so is Tilly so is the mother that we see um the stepmom or is she the biological mom or is she right is the stepsister who's the daughter of who and yeah 
is it a situation where it, it seems like a situation where she's jealous of stepsis, like stepsis yeah. over uh-huh. yeah. yeah, like a, a good place situation. Exactly like that. Uh-huh. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I hope people get that reference, but you guys do. That's all that matters. Uh, anything else, Diane, that you didn't, uh, that you wanted to say? Um, I don't know. I thought it was cool that she gave her a dilithium crystal to like, <laughs> yeah, that, like was, a, that was cute as like a keepsake to remember her by. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm totally confused with about dilithium at this point, because in like TNG, it's pink. I think, uh, we see a bunch of crystals in the opening of season one of discovery that are green that I guess are supposed to be dilithium. Yeah, it's true. This is blue. Is dilithium like kryptonite? <laughs> are there different colors? That have different effects. Uh, that that could be something that they say to that make it all make sense. <laughs> you put them in the warp core, yeah, and then when you peel out into warp, you get a blue flame that goes behind, or like a green flame that goes behind. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, uh, if they all work the same, maybe they have like different amounts of power stored in them, or something like that. Like uh, the blue ones; those are where it's at. I don't know. It's like premium gas. Right, exactly. We got a real fast ship. We we gotta fill it up with premium. That's right. No ethanol, no unleaded for this one. <laughs> All right, well, I think that we hit everything that we needed to hit. It's a short episode, but I think it was pretty good. Uh, so that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at E-I-S-T-P-O-D for updates. And you can get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. You can also tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag, hashtag Discoverage, or email us at E-I-S-T-P-O-D, P-O-D, at gmail.com. And when you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to the show. Give us a rating and a review. And if you think of it, uh, it really helps us out. I should mention here that all through the month of October, we've got a contest running. If you go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show and you leave us a rating and a review, your name goes into a drawing for a set of 50th anniversary Star Trek Trivial Pursuit cards complete with Galileo Shuttlecraft Holder. So do us a favor. Give us a review. Shoot us an email at EISTpod and let us know that you did. And you could be the proud owner of a set of pretty tough questions, actually. Uh, This isn't child's play. This is Star Trek. These are hard questions. Uh, Also, you can stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discoverage will return next month on Thursday, November 8th for the next short trek, Calypso. We'll go live at 9 p.m. Central, just like tonight. So join us again then. In the meantime, check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday, I and a guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews with special guests. And this next Wednesday, we're talking about the DS9 two-parter, Homefront and Paradise Lost. It's a nice political storyline as we head into election season. So join us next Wednesday. Ella. Thanks for joining me again, again, for a new year of Star Trek Discovery. Remind people where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me at Gondor Gold on Twitter, and my podcast is at Generations Geek. What's coming up on Generations Geek? Ooh, okay. I think I'm pretty sure that uh, we're having Bill Leisner on next, so my dad will interview him. Okay. Um, I'm like 75% certain. 
Bill Eisner, um, Star Trek author, uh, former yes. guest on Enterprising Individuals. Well. Extraordinaire. Yes. The one and only. Um, I do know for a fact, though, that um, I will be recording a bit with or without my dad about uh, what I see tomorrow at the uh, J.R.R. Tolkien illustration exhibition Whoa. in uh, Oxford. Yep. <laughs> Buried the lead there. So it's at Oxford. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting on a train right away in the morning. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have a fun day tomorrow. Um, and then I can also say for a fact that I'm going to be at uh, Star Trek Destination Birmingham. Um, so I will be talking about that on the podcast pretty soon, too. Awesome. I know that they, I don't know how this works, but I know that they are debuting the DS9 dock there. Um, uh, yeah. I don't do, do you know how it works? Are there tickets or like, how do you, how do there, you get in that you room? Can buy, you can buy tickets to just like, like mingle with all of the cast on the oh, red boy. carpet. And that's gotta be, like, that's a lot of pounds wow. probably. It's, it's pressure. It's like a very big convention. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like the whole disco cast is going to be there, which they announced like a week ago. Oh, wow. Well, we got to get so a, uh, I like. we have to get an update from you then, a girl on the street. Absolutely. Oh my God. Like I already thought it was a huge convention and then they were like, guess what? Everyone else is going to. Right. And I was like, ha ah, great. So right. <laughs> no, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us how, tell us if that's fun or not. I'm sure it will be. Diane, where can people <laughs> find just enough trope online? Yeah, we're at, at just enough trope on Twitter and at just enough trope on Facebook and on Apple podcasts and Google podcasts Neat. as just enough trope. Yes. All right. Well, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. And we are signing off. This is Aaron for Diane and Ella saying live long and prosper. 